What is Persecution? by Karen Lascaris, as posted on westday.org. Did you know that since the days of Jesus, Christians are still the most persecuted religious group around the world? By now, we've all heard the story of Miriam Yeya Ibrahim, the woman who would not renounce her Christian faith and was convicted of apostasy by the Sudanese court. Sudan is under Islamic rule, and Ibrahim, who was eight months pregnant at the time of her arrest and gave birth during her imprisonment, was sentenced to public flogging and death by hanging. When the original ruling was overturned, Ibrahim was freed, but then briefly detained again by government officials. She has now been officially released and has left Sudan with her husband and children to the United States. The story, however, is not yet over. Christians who remain in Sudan now worship in fear after recent church bombings, and Ibrahim's husband, an American citizen she met in college, has stated that the family may still be in danger. Her brother states, The law has failed to uphold our rights. This is now an issue of honor. The Christians have tarnished our honor, and we will know how to avenge it. Before hearing the story, or that of the recently abducted Nigerian schoolgirls, I didn't think of discrimination against Christians as one of today's burning issues. I'm sure some of us may even have thought of it as the way of life in biblical times, or when the first settlers left England for America, or more recently, in the civil rights era. But according to a recent Reuters report, over 100 million Christians are persecuted worldwide today, with the worst cases of violence and death reported in North Korea, Africa, and the Middle East. According to the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life, Christianity is the largest and most widely spread faith in the world, with 2.2 billion followers. Yet, according to Open Doors, an interdenominational monitoring group, Christians are also the most persecuted religious group worldwide. 180 martyr deaths are reported each month, and the numbers have doubled since last year. So, why are Christians so widely mistreated? And what exactly is persecution? Wikipedia defines it as the systematic mistreatment of an individual or group by another individual or group. Dictionary.com defines it as a program or campaign to drive away, subjugate, or exterminate a people because of their race or religion or beliefs. Open Doors defines it as any hostility experienced from the world as a result of one's identification with Christ. According to Open Doors, some reasons for the mistreatment of Christians include adoption of authoritarian philosophies which seek to control all thought, hostility toward minority groups, and lack of basic human rights. Although persecution doesn't always lead to physical violence or death, as was threatened in the Ibrahim case, it can also include discrimination, oppression, coercion, and other types of negative, hostile behavior. It can include the systematic, governmental dismantling of Christian rights and values, and the suppression and disrespect of Christian citizens of all colors and cultures. We probably thank God that we don't live in Sudan, and we may not think of ourselves as discriminatory. Yet, although the Pew Forum statistics also state that almost 80% of Americans are Christians, a scan of our news, entertainment, and social media actually reveals a disdain for Christianity and Christian values, with the black church being particularly targeted. 2 Timothy 3 describes the times we're currently in, and gives a long list of negative characteristics which unfortunately describe our society today. It predicts the unfair treatment which Christians will have to endure as a result, but it also gives us hope and instruction on how to stay focused during troubled times and how to persevere as we have for centuries. We are reminded to 1. Pray. 
Positivity always destroys negativity. Two, don't complain about each other, but lead those who stray back to the truth. James 5 verse 9. Three, persevere using our skills to build a stronger church and a better nation for all. Four, follow God's word, teaching our children to do the same. Five, have faith that mankind will return to what's right. In 1966, the United Nations developed the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, which mandates freedom of religion as an inherent, basic human right worldwide. We may forget that, from the first European settlers to arrive on our shores, people from around the world have come to America for freedom of worship, as the Ibrahim family has today. As Americans, we must first ensure that our own hearts are freed from the negative spirit that brings on disdain for those who choose to follow their faith. But in order to guarantee that our country lives up to the promise it was created for, we must also manifest the true Christian values America was founded upon, freedom, liberty, and love for all mankind.